All right, welcome to another Sports Injury Central podcast. Welcome, welcome. Week four is about over. Still the Monday night game. Week five, headed into week five. We'll recap week four injuries. We'll start looking ahead to week five and implications. We got our producer, uh, Jacob, here, and we're missing the birthday boy, Taylor. Did he tell you he wasn't going to be on the podcast? He didn't tell me. He just... (laughs) took a birthday off but i guess he's entitled i think it might be vet related not for him for uh an animal associated with him so we'll give him a give him a pass he actually just sent a note he'll be on in five so oh he'll we'll, be on we'll have we'll a chance give to give him grief. grief okay sounds good all right uh the show must go on let's head into week four issues and injuries and so forth yeah unfortunately a busy week uh want to start something new for you doc i'm calling it questionable q a i think that name is uh definitely debatable that's <laughs> the first thing that came to my questionable, mind so. like the patriots where we're going to talk about 15 people and hide the bacon or questionable in general uh, hopefully we won't, we won't take up too much people's time <laughs> going through all 15 patriots questionables because there's about two that are legitimate in there but hey they're not doing it wrong he's he's putting everybody that uh that has an ailment he's on following there. the rules yeah can't can't find him for that what do they say in the nfl i've heard this a lot from players if you ain't cheating you ain't trying you know, a little bit of a hold, there's but let go. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of push off, but don't extend the arm, right? Just the, <laughs> there's a little bit of stuff. Oh, uh, Chiefs right tackle, Juwan Taylor's finding that line every week. So Lane Johnson's found that <laughs> line. He knows oh, what he to do. Super Bowl, 100%. Uh, he f- finds it every week. It's unbelievable yeah. how he does that. Juwan, he needs some lessons there. He needs a tutorial. Yeah. The, the face mask holding in the end zone. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> All good. Uh, let's start with Justin Herbert. I know it's the non throwing hand, but it's a, ongoing topic uh finger legislate stage left middle finger got caught in a face mask not cut on a face mask not cleated right um came back with a splint uh sorry uh maybe some ball security issues was gonna go for a sneak didn't didn't really extend it but they have a buy so what what can he do in that buy to maybe have it not be an issue i saw so much on social media he was stepped on we're in the command center here war room he didn't get stepped on no, the face mask cut him. I promise you, nothing is sharp on the face mask. Otherwise, we'd have so many cut injuries all over the place. Nothing is sharp. So if you look at the video, he got it caught. <clears throat> he got it caught in Max Crosby's face mask, twisted. So finger slash hand, metacarpal finger fracture. Likely, maybe even an open one, fracture dislocation where it pokes through the skin a little bit. That's where you see the blood um, because it gets caught up in there. You saw the splint, which indicates stability issues. And you said it, Jacob. I think it affected him on the quarterback sneak. If you're holding the ball all in your right hand, you know, seven points of contact, you're not getting it by your chest or extending it out. And you're losing a little bit of yardage on on the sneak. They didn't get it, but they got came away with the win. Here's the news I would tell people. Don't be worried if you hear that Justin Herbert had surgery on his hand slash finger. I expect it to happen. Why? Number one, clearly that was a pretty bulky alumifoam splint on. And there's clearly instability to the fracture slash dislocation issue, the finger slash hand issue. Surgery with pins or screws or a small plate will help stabilize it. 
will decrease the size of that brace. You'd say, who cares? It's his non-throwing hand. You do care. Did you see him with the stretch runs where he was almost tossing the ball instead of sticking it in the yeah, belly with his get left hand? hand? Yeah. yeah. And uh, ball security issues, et cetera. But there's also a bye week. So why is that important? It's a tight timeline to do surgery with an incision and get the wound to heal and not worry about infection from sweating, from practice and or the game. But with the bye week, I think you can get a surgical wound healed. So if we hear about Justin Herbert hand slash finger surgery, I wouldn't get excited about it. To me, it means he is playing in week six with the week five bye. I think he's playing either way, but that would be the only addition to that for Justin Herbert. Yes, it's surgery for a flesh wound. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. The Monty Python reference that he made. Uh, I thought, uh, doesn't he seem a little young for that, Doc? I think you seem young. <laughs> would know that. How do you know about Monty Python? Oh, I, get, I got a nerdy dad that showed me early on, early in the teenage years, was sit down and watching Holy Grail. <laughs> I got to admit, I was so nerdy. Like all my friends, like this is back in high school, they loved Monty Python. Oh, it was huge. There's a heyday. Life of Brian Heyday. I'm that old. I, maybe it was too nerdy. I, I, I don't know that I loved it as much as they did and i wasn't a disciple or a big follower of it but obviously yeah. i know about it that is a very famous uh line etc is there a reason you can't buddy tape it for herbert and he needs to wear a brace instead well depends on the fracture dislocation the type of injury the fracture the instability and uh you know yes buddy tape is an option Instead, they went with a big aluminum foam all the way across yeah. the top. They probably had a reason for it. Maybe he didn't like the buddy tape, the way it was pulling and displacing the finger. Maybe it was so unstable they wanted to freeze it straight as opposed to allowing it to bend with buddy tape. Uh, the Chargers athletic trainer, I know him pretty well. Uh, he uh, is, He's new to the head roll, but he's really good, Marco. He, he knows what he's doing. They, they put the correct splint on worried about that and uh, they won the game so that's good and part of getting even healthier is probably the surgery oh and there he is the birthday boy welcome in i guess your present is we won't slow clap you for uh being late here Once we like didn't that. get notification we had all these theories of what you were doing for your birthday dog ate the homework cat ate the homework one of those dog ate the homework yes dog ate the cat, one of them <laughs> too much too much late night last night I and mean, we were not very early in the day right now no no okay. i'm missing anything yeah, night. we'll move on happy birthday <laughs> clearly he doesn't want to tell us what was going on what he's doing so we'll leave his personal life alone and just move on we won't go there we'll just leave him alone taylor needs to take a head uh head coaching class to figure out how to dodge a question yes you gotta learn coach speak a little better clearly he doesn't want to talk about <laughs> what he did hopefully it was fun all right uh what do we got next here jacob yeah just talked about herbert so we're moving on to matthew judon uh distal biceps i think Sheffield tweeted lower biceps uh what does that return timeline look like and is that surgery Look, Schefter's not wrong. I mean, our video, we were worried about distal biceps, tendon rupture, lower biceps. That's correct. He's probably getting it from a lay source, the agent or something. You, medical person would never say lower. But the significance of lower or distal is the biceps, bi meaning two, bipedal, bi two, bilateral. There's two heads up proximally in the shoulder. And if one of them tears, you don't necessarily need to have surgery but only one distally. So he's headed for surgery, 
Why? Edge rusher, tackler, besides shedding blockers, in order to wrap, you need your biceps to do curls, right, to be able to wrap. So he's going to have surgery. That'll come. The return timeline from surgery is about three months. So technically his season isn't done. But the Patriots might be done without yeah. Matthew Judon, right? And Early so, January, they're still figuring out Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, so all those as well, right? The first round uh, CB, he had, the, they said, dislocated shoulder. He's out. Yeah. For first no. time dislocation, according to our data, which means he's torn labrum. He's swollen and sore. He can return without surgery. He will need surgery in the offseason, maybe two weeks short of IR, four weeks with a harness to return for that dislocated shoulder. We were talking subluxed versus dislocated in the war room, but obviously that's essentially confirmation of the injury. So two guys short for the Patriots here going oh, forward. Gosh, one short-term, one long-term. Yeah, Schefter said that they both are seeking second opinions. Why would that be the case for both those cases? Yeah, look, you're always entitled to a second opinion. The CBA indicates you can have a second opinion. Why do you get a second opinion? Uh, sometimes you want to be sure of the answer. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's because the agent said, let's go see our guy. Okay. Mistrust, not anything against the Patriots doctor. Maybe yeah. there's, maybe the doctor has an uphill battle because of Bill Belichick's reputation, reputation about injuries and agent and the player want to make sure. I don't know, but you're also entitled to it. Another reason people get second opinions is they didn't like the first answer. Maybe Matthew Judon didn't like the idea that he needed surgery and he wants to be sure. Look, when we were growing up, you know, when I asked mom, can I watch TV? And she said, no, sometimes I wouldn't ask dad. Yep, yep. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Whoever can see the answer you want. <laughs> <laughs> that does happen. You know, sure. that does happen. So they're entitled to it. But, you know, by video, the distal biceps was pretty clear. And I don't see how you just forego the ability to wrap and tackle or do curls and, and not right. fix it. Yeah, it's not like an elbow brace you slap on for that. I mean, look, if, if there are a week or two from the from the Super Bowl or something, you might say, look, let me just let it ride and I'll just try and shoulder people and try and get through. I get that, but that's not the situation. Right. He's still in the prime and he needs to get that fixed. And Bedford's going to need surgery but in the offseason. Oh, Christian, yeah, Christian Gonzalez. Gonzalez yeah. Christian Gonzalez, Bedford. I don't know where I got that. Other from. rookie. Other oh, rookie. That's the Bills cornerback. Yeah, the one yeah. that oh, yeah. oh, the yeah. replacement for Tredavious White. Gonzalez. Gonzalez. <laughs> sorry. The the AFC East cornerbacks uh, mixed mixed up. Oh, Gonzalez. Patriots have like a John Jones, Jack Jones. Like they got a lot of Joneses. They have, they have five. They have five Joneses. Yes. Yeah. Including Mac Jones. Yes. Uh, better of, better than the Kims on the Korean soccer team. Want to focus on two types of injections for the last one, then we'll get some fantasy names: uh, AC joint injection and rib block injection. Uh, Derek Carr obviously involved with the AC joint. That's what helped him to play this week. Also helped uh, his former counterpart, Devontae Adams, return to the game for the Raiders. Um, what does that entail? Why does that help him get back in the game, Doc? Well, the AC joint is not technically part of the ball and socket shoulder joint. It's the end of the collarbone or clavicle as it meets what we call the acromion. That's the A. The C is the clavicle. It's the junction. And the reason why you can inject it with impunity is if you have problems with the AC joint that are chronic, wear and tear, a lot of weightlifters have it. What do you do in surgery? You actually cut off the end of the joint. So it's not a joint like your shoulder or knee joint 
can't numb those joints because of you don't know what you're feeling and worse problems. It's part of the shoulder complex, but it is something that's commonly able to be numbed and played um, and uh, safely so. Uh, look, I've done it before to a player in the tunnel. <laughs> we didn't have blue tents in the, uh, back in that, in that day. Um, uh, I guess you can talk about it. You can put up a link. Uh, I got permission. Drew Brees once got an admittedly non-throwing shoulder AC joint injection in the tunnel. Uh, he allowed me to write about it and wave TIPA for me. Uh, and uh, it's a common one. Ribs used to be common, but in the post Tyrod Taylor puncture lung era, I can understand why people may not want to. Clearly, Devontae Adams had the AC joint injection returned. T. Higgins, apparently, with one rib fracture, either was not offered or did not try to return, or perhaps was offered and didn't feel good pain relief. I don't know which. He's saying it's short-term. Without injection, I think it's going to take him two, three weeks because it's very painful. Imagine going over the middle or stretching out for a ball and being pain, in pain or getting hit again. And you can't really play wide receiver with a flak jacket on. And besides, that doesn't give you full protection anyways. Unless you're DK Metcalf and your flak jacket is muscle. I have one already, yes. I built in one. We talked about it. I was shocked that he didn't break a rib or injure his kidney on that beast of the week shot. But he built built a little bit different than T. Higgins. He's built differently than most humans, I think. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so rib block, it's going to be an option, and we'll see if he takes one or not. But I still think the bigger problem for for the Bengals is not T. Higgins. It's Joe Burrow and the calf. It continues to linger like we talked about. It's going to bother him throughout October, hopefully week by week getting better. But what was that stat you guys showed me? 37% of his passes were at or behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, that's not Joe His Burrow. longest completion was 17 yards, one pass for 17 yards. Mm-hmm. That's not the regular offense. We saw it Monday night against the Rams, three quarters of dink and dunk, ball out quick, shotgun only. And the fourth quarter, they opened it up a little bit and got a little scoring. But in this game, there was no reason to open it up. They were so far behind. Let's keep everybody safe. And uh, we'll see. Every week a little bit better for Joe Burrow, but not there yet for sure. No, that's an I interesting mean, one. They have a week seven by – sorry, go ahead, Taylor. On the injections, how many weeks do they need to do that after an initial injury? Like Derek Carr had one this week. Vontae did. How many weeks after do they need to do the injections? It depends. Uh, if we put up the link to the Drew Brees article I wrote, it was like week three or four, I forget which. We did it the whole rest of the season. Oh, geez. Now, did we say, did he fully need it? I think I started telling him, you don't need it. Yeah. And he, and he kept saying, we're doing well. Let's just keep going. (laughs) And he goes, what if I get hit during the game and it starts hurting? So I just don't want to feel it. And it was a non-throwing shoulder. And so we did it the rest of the season. And the only reason I remember that is we had our little rough start. I think we were one and two. And he didn't want to come out of the game. So we injected him in the tunnel quickly. He stayed. We came back and won. And that was actually, I remember it because it was our first, my first AFC West division title with Mm -hmm. the San Diego Chargers. There you go. I want to get stick with the quarterbacks or get into some fantasy names. Kenny Pickett uh, left the game with the left knee injury, had uh, rolled up on on the sack, kind of body weight thing. Um, left by video said MCL comes out today. It's a bone bruise. What do you well, make of that, Doc? 
Well, yesterday there was some confirmation of MCL, mild MCL. Look, when the knee moves to stretch the MCL, I mean, being overly simplistic, the knee, when it moves to stretch the MCL, the bones can bang together and bruise. So a bone bruise MCL, to me, it's the same family of injury. I don't believe he's playing this week in week five against the Ravens. I think the week six bye will help. And he's got a reasonable chance to play week seven, probably with a lead leg brace on for Kenny Pickett. So to Mitch me, Trubisky time for this week, for sure. Mitch Trubisky time. And why is this different from the Lamar Jackson bone bruise? Didn't Lamar need multiple weeks of not, you know, not moving around. What's the difference? Depends on the location and severity, okay. right? Now, Travis Kelsey had that bone bruise. The deep bone Yes, yeah. <laughs> Deep bone bruise, the 45 cc's of right. blood. Yeah. I won't TBD. Say, yeah. I won't say bad yeah. blood, you know, yes. whatever. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just did. I, I won't guess. say it, but I will say it. Yeah. <laughs> you slick, Doc. Yes. The, the, and when he came back, I thought he came back earlier than I thought he could or should in week two. It wasn't that effective, but he, that was the fast end of a deep bone bruise. So uh, even Travis Kelsey missed that first game, right? So uh, I think it's a foregone conclusion that Kenny Pickett is out in week five. Uh, Week six by, good chance for week seven. We'll see. It sounds like MCL and bone bruise, those are kind of healing on the same timeline, correct? Yes, 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 similar. Mm -hmm. Uh, Javante Williams uh, exited last game with with what the team called a hip. By video, we saw possible groin strain based on where he grabbed. It was kind of in the adductor region um so they came out with hip flexors how much difference is that in diagnosis doc i mean to me groin adductor adductor longus magnus brevis hip flexor rectus femoris you throw core muscle. at us i mean <laughs> it's all the same area there's a lot of muscles in the area it's a similar thing unless you're looking at an mri and doing an exam you know it's uh groin hip flexor yeah. same thing used you know you know, lower leg, ankle, soft tissue, hip muscle. Yeah. Call that. Yeah. Soft tissue injury, muscle injury, muscle tendon injury around the hip. So the bottom line is he slipped on the grass and this is where grass and the grass turf argument can be more prone to injury or footing less prone for some of the bigger ACLs or this Franks and other things, but more prone to some of these soft tissue injuries. And it's still an acclimation injury. Look, uh, yeah, he got hurt early, so it's not necessarily fair, but through four games, he's got 138 yards, and that projects out to our preseason. Look, Javante Williams did an amazing job coming back from his multi-ligament knee injury and not being on PUP for week one. But our sixth score for the season of 47, meaning if he's a 1,000-yard rusher, he should be around 470. He's at 138 through four games. That's about right. Maybe he's going to gain a little steam second half of the season, but I think he's going to miss a couple weeks at this point in time. Yeah, they kind of downplayed the hip flexor, said maybe he's a chance this week. Are you thinking it's more two weeks? He's a running back. He's not a quarterback. Right. You know, not have your hip flexor to be able to. Seems vital. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't see it. I don't see it. But he did come back to play and miss not be on PUP from his knee. So I'm not trying to doubt him, but I don't see it. 
yeah, me and Taylor were trying to read the tea leaves, uh, fantasy draft, and picking up Samaj P. Ryan in our drafts. But uh, turns out it's Jaleel McLaughlin. So yes. <laughs> I guess we got our answer. Yes. <laughs> right process, wrong guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, better than my Scott Fishbowl fantasy. Let's see. This week, um, yeah, let's see. No, no Aaron Rodgers. And that's been, you know, and then no Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Those yes. are the two quarterbacks. Yes. <laughs> you jump you jump me doc i'm getting to the bad call related to deshaun watson so <laughs> let's get into it we had browns down, browns yes. minus two and a half early in the week uh we looked at video thought he was going to play close that plus one and a half game ended up 28 to three because of uh dorian thompson robinson's rough debut so what happened with that deshaun watson decision uh what happened we were wrong i was wrong by video very clear shoulder contusion lateral shoulder did it involve the axillary nerve I, I still don't think so because he continued to play and do well what i missed though was uh, and by the way uh, stefanski said the head coach said he was cleared to play right it was deshaun watson's decision that he didn't think he could effectively yeah. and kudos to him for saying look i don't feel like i can be effective here but what we didn't put into the equation or at least what I didn't is there's a bye week this week for the Browns and it's a chance to get fully healthy as opposed to continuing to play somewhat injured. And maybe that factored into the decision-making, but I always say return to play is difficult, right? Uh, it's kind of like there's the player that has to say yes, medical that has to say yes. And the team has to say, yes, we think it's a good idea. Here the team said, okay, the medical said, okay. And the player said, I don't think it's gonna work. And it's kind of like you need a good snap, a good hold and a good kick to make that field goal. And in this case, something went awry where medically, which is kind of, I guess what I was saying, medically, I think he's going to be fine, but the player didn't feel fine. So wrong, sorry, bad. What are you going to do? You but, think um, record-wise, maybe it played the factor. They did um, are two and two. They were two and one before the decision. They played, you know, some divisional opponents. They already beat the the Bengals, right? So, um, there there might have been maybe sitting down if they were maybe zero and four, zero and three. Like yeah, the but this but this was a divisional game too, and you know, I can tell you, having been in an NFL building, no one says. Oh, it's just the Texans. We're going to rest. No yeah. one says it's just the Cardinals. We're going to rest. They do say, let's focus on this divisional game next week. No one tries to look past an opponent in an yeah. NFL locker room or building, or they shouldn't. I don't see that type of thinking. But the bottom line is, medically, I guess he could have played. He was cleared, but clearly my thought process was an error and you know we have to we don't delete tweets we have to own it that was incorrect i mean the rest of it wasn't a bad week with some pretty good calls including in game some of these things but didn't work out that way yeah that uh bye weeks can help miles garrett too he was in a walking boot for his left ankle but uh not expecting that to be an issue after bye right left ankle slash foot look walking boots happen all the time the day after or the day of, right? Now, if they have it extended walking boot, maybe you can get more concerned. Looking at video, we're really not concerned. I think he was on the ground longer being exhausted as much as anything else. I think he's okay. I think Mika Hyde's okay. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Matthew Judon is the one that is of the edge rushers, is the guy who's injured and will essentially miss the season. 
Got our good call here. Mark Andrews over three and a half catches. Finished with five catches, five targets, 80 yards, and two touchdowns. So OBJ and uh, Rashad Bateman being out led to that. But Mark Andrews finally had that breakout game. Well, I'm surprised he only had five catches, right? I mean, without Odell Price Beckham, related. without <laughs> yeah, without um, Rashad Bateman, with an injured offensive line where you need ball out quicker to the tight end, and uh, with some secondary issues on the other side, but also most importantly, with Mark Andrews' early season injury of his quad behind him, like I think this is now fully healthy. Mark Andrews. And I don't think you're going to get three and a half for the prop anymore. I don't think you're going to get, what was yeah, it? 50 yards. Four, it's going to be four and a half to five and a half now. Yeah. I mean, that's usually well, automatic for him. Yeah. One of my favorites though, that we did was on the Miles Sanders one. He had the groin inj- injury that he picked up in um, practice. He did really close to the game. We had a rushing and receiving, you know, comp- at 32. So that was something like he's a speedster. He needs that, you know, extra space. He couldn't do anything, you know, in the receiving game. So that was a good one as well. Yeah. I think it was under 70 and a half combined. Yeah. So I didn't rush close to that one. Over 80, 81, under 81.5. Oh, 81, even oh, wow. higher. That's, okay. That's see. No. Yeah. We're definitely doing more injury based props through sick picks and otherwise. Underdog, all those stuff. Yeah. The uh, underdog, sleeper prize picks, et cetera, go to six score to see all the different matching. And and even that bet MGM, they got a big match. What is it? Yeah, I got it right here. Uh, up to $1,500 yeah. in bonus bets. I didn't think they did those anymore. You just have to sign up in one of the bet MGM legal States. And look, if you got a DraftKings or some other account or FanDuel, you can sign up in $1,500. So mm-hmm. Pretty good matching. I didn't think they offered those anymore. Put in, code sick s-i-c and uh, they do have all the props and things that we're talking about and you guys give a good number of them away uh, free without doing the uh, sick picks uh, subscription so anyways what's next there jacob uh breaking news this morning um, jonathan taylor's expected practice on wednesday they're not ruling him out for this week uh what was the latest on that ankle saga we haven't talked about him since he's been on pup but they're not ruling him out they're not guaranteeing that he plays. They are trading him. They're not trading him. There are, I mean, there's there's <laughs> a lot injured. of. He's not injured. What? First of all, read through some of that, please. <laughs> very unusual to start practicing and playing in the same week when you come off PUP. The question is the whole hiding behind health. Hey, we're going to put you on injury reserve because of your back and it's, or sorry, NFI, non football injury for your back because you have a back issue. Uh, no, uh, first of all, let me say this. Started with, I want a new contract. Yeah. No, you're not getting a new contract. I want a new contract. Well, we're going to put you on NFI for your back. Well, I don't have a back injury, uh, but I have an ankle, and I'm not coming in. I'm going to get my own rehab because of my ankle, and then we couldn't trade you. Now you're on PUP. I mean, there's a lot of confusion there. I'm not saying anyone's at fault, but I think there is some hiding behind some health issues there. And by the way, if he's really injured and the Colts put him on PUP, he's that injured that he couldn't play. How are you going to trade a guy that's injured, right? The physical always has to be passed before a trade is consummated. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're telling people he's injured, but not that bad injured. I, I don't know. It's not hard really to, <laughs> what they I say? mean, it's, there, as I always said, when something doesn't make sense from the outside and this one doesn't, 
it does from the inside. We just don't know the whole story yet. But there's going to be some more twists and turns before this saga is over. Yeah, Zach Moss been playing pretty well, so we'll see how that duo shakes out when Taylor does come back, maybe in week five. Uh, they do play the, tit- the Titans. I doubt week five, after week five. But they do we'll play see. the Titans, so division opponent, that whole division's two and two. Interesting early uh, early standings for you there. Um, let's see. Including the Texans. Including the Texans. Yeah, the Texans got us this week, but uh, we'll move on. Uh, Thursday night preview, Bears against Washington. Uh, not the greatest game on paper, but some injury issues. Jalen Johnson missed with the hamstring this week. Um, Eddie Jackson's missed two weeks with a foot. And uh, Jahan Dotson picked up an ankle for the commanders, but he was able to come back. And Terry McLaurin's looking uh, pretty good off that turf toe that bothered him in the preseason. Yeah, I mean, uh, interesting uh, little matchup uh, on Thursday. Um, we'll let some of the injuries sort itself out. Not the best marquee game in the world, but uh, uh, we'll get the final reports up, and there'll be some good analysis if you go to SICscore.com and, and see some of it. We've been pretty good on the one-off games and and picking out the right props and different things. And uh, I think we can spend more attention when it's a one game as opposed to a big slate. And uh, especially like nine games at 10 a.m. Pacific time. I look too many. I look for this week because I know we've been talking about it nonstop. It's six and six this week. Really? Six in the morning. Sorry, maybe six and four. Six Six and four four. sounds more like it. Four. I'm six and four because of the buys. Because of the two buys, right? Yeah, Look, I don't need it to be six and six, but I mean, can we get eight and four at least? What's this nine and three, seven and five, eight and four? I'll settle for eight and four. Nine and three seems just ridiculous. <laughs> nah, I have to go back and watch the games because I'm like, there's too many things happening <laughs> at once. I'm looking at injuries, Twitter, all that stuff. So yeah. hard to get to. Uh, I got some coach speak for you on uh, everyone's favorite fantasy tight end, Kyle Pitts. Uh, Arthur Smith talking today. There's there's some chatter over the weekend. Oh, Kyle's Pitts doesn't look close to 100%. There's a week two play where he was running for a deep ball, didn't look good. Um, so his Arthur Smith's quote, I thought yesterday there were some things outside where he looked as fast as he did as a rookie, so he's getting close. To Kyle's credit, he's never made an excuse out of anything. I mean, there's coach speak for you. Look, he's got – he doesn't have an isolated MCL. You don't do surgery on isolated MCLs. It's an MCL plus – that's where the surgery is, and this yeah. is why we sort of faded him on where his ADP was in the preseason here. And I don't know his yardage. He hadn't done a lot this season. Yeah, I've been um, catches for 151 this year. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, you know, what, 600 for the year? I mean, yards at most. Um, his props were 700 up to 750 to start the year. So, yeah, that's finishing short. Yeah, maybe he'll he'll speed up a little bit if he can avoid – aggravation in some way shape or form but clearly he doesn't fully look right and there is some coach speak going on there at this point is he the number one tight end on his team it's a John question yeah. it's a yeah. question john smith's out gaining them so yeah I don't, <laughs> it's a question not the argument people expect to be making in week four yeah uh key matchup we're looking at next week baltimore pittsburgh baltimore the offensive line issues stanley out ronnie stanley um Tyler Lindenbaum missed the second straight game. We'll see if they make they can make it back. Morgan Moses left with a shoulder. I don't think he Linderbaum returned. Played. Linderbaum played this Linderbaum week. played. Sorry, that was my mistake. Yeah. Um, Odell Beckham with the hamstring, and then we mentioned or Odell Beckham with the ankle, Rashad Bateman with the hamstring. We'll see if well, either the one Ravens can make are, it back. The Ravens are getting a little bit healthier because they couldn't get any worse, right? Well, Morgan Moses got hurt. That might hurt the right tackle, so that's another offensive line issue as well. 
Yeah, they're they're. I mean, they can't trend any lower. They've got one of the lowest team six, six scores, but they're headed up in the right direction. And uh, you know, we'll finish that analysis and and uh, and put it out there. I want to ask you about this one, Doc's making its rounds after the Sunday night game. Rodney Harrison seemed like he was uh, trying to bait Chris Jones into saying something bad about Zach Wilson. He said a bunch of things about Zach Wilson calling garbage and. Isn't that what you saw in your prep, Chris Jones, that kind of stuff? So what do you make of that? A couple of things. First of all, I would say, and preface this, I know Rodney Harrison. He's a friend. He's been on this podcast. I know him well. That's just Rodney being Rodney. I mean, he is a little bit tell it like it is, and and I think you need to appreciate him. I mean, do you want every commentator to be, oh, he did pretty well today didn't, and be very vanilla? He's He has an opinion, and he's expressing it. Did he bait Chris Jones? Maybe, but he, Chris Jones didn't take the bait, and good on Chris Jones. He didn't have to. Chris Jones is a smart guy. Rodney Rodney has his opinions. That's all I'm, I'm saying, and that's not a bad thing. Uh and he's a little bit outspoken. He's basically a Hall of Fame player. And even when he played, I believe he rubbed a few people the wrong way. He kind of had that hard yeah. guy attitude. And, I think the uh, issue was that he wasn't actually trash. He usually is maybe when he doesn't play well the last couple of weeks. Zach Well was probably the best Zach Wilson's played in years. So that's why everybody rubbed, they rubbed people the wrong way as well because that was – it, that was the first game he probably didn't look as bad as he usually does. Yeah, but if you look at the question, it was, what was your preparation? What was it, you know, looking at film, how did his play leading up to it compare? You know, it, I don't think it was an unfair question. And yeah. and especially in the light of the news to me that's happening, another friend of Sports Injury Central who's been on the pod recently and other things, Mike Silver wrote a great article for the San Francisco Chronicle last week basically quoting 49ers defenders saying that Daniel Jones, I'm paraphrasing here, wasn't worth what the Giants paid him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's fair now to ask for what do you feel about this other Giants quarterback? Not mm-hmm. that he they gotten paid, but this other Giants quarterback. I think it's a fair question. I think, I don't know. I don't... You know, maybe I get it. One time he he did go back at him, but Chris Jones held his ground, so no harm, no foul. So I don't really see it as a big deal. And I maybe I forgive. I don't see. I think that's just Rodney. I mean, he spoke to them his as, opinion. He spoke to them this morning, and you know, talked to him, and he it's basically like you said. He probably explained he wasn't being like that at all. It's just, he was just being. That's how he speaks, right? That's how he talks. So he, he didn't mean anything by it. Yeah, that's what Salah told uh, told reporters in his press conference, I believe. Yeah, I didn't. You know, <laughs> it didn't. I mean, if anything, uh, I think if you're really doing this, and uh, I would say I would, I could make an argument, and I like Tony Gonzalez. Okay, more fair question. The baiting or whatever you want to call what Rodney Harrison did. Or Tony Gonzalez going to Jason Kelsey. Is your brother dating Trav, uh, uh, Taylor Swift? I mean, I, yeah. what's the more, <laughs> you know, <laughs> who should get more grief for their line of questioning? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean this is before the news broke and the whole deal, right? Chris Jones would rather answer one one question than the other. I think it's a Zach Wilson question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, Rodney Harrison. And that wasn't had... a shot at Tony Gonzalez. Yeah. I'm just making an observation. Yes. <laughs> we had to get the Swift reference in there somehow. Yes. Uh, maybe Rodney Harrison just has a bone to pick with the Jets because Sauce Gardner doesn't know who he is. <laughs> i still think that's more fantastic number one okay i get i'm old guy but rodney harrison absent a misstep or this that the other is in the hall of fame i think we're not old and we know who he is yeah no that's not an old thing i don't think (laughs) all right let's see what taylor knows history true false rodney harrison was involved in the most famous super bowl play in history he was yes david tyree (laughs) helmet catch yes yeah yeah, I didn't realize I was on Rodney Harrison. Yeah, but anyways, here's the thing. Sauce Gardner, do you not know about the most famous play in Super Bowl history? <laughs> You're a D-back. That's like that's your that's your, you know, so, so, okay, corner versus safety, but right. still. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you never watch Sunday night football? I mean <laughs> I'm talking for I thought years. that was interesting. <laughs> yes. I thought that was interesting, but all good. All right, beast of the week. Uh showed you guys the clip. I got on the Kirk Cousins 100-yard pick six, uh, not the guy that took it back, but his teammate, Deshaun Jameson, Panthers cornerback, uh, running the full length of the field. The best part to me was that he sees Kirk Cousins trying to get down the field and break it up, and he turn, finds an extra gear just to go and light up Kirk Cousins. He and, ran 22 miles per hour to go catch oh, up really? Cousins just to hit. All right. Stat tracks. Come hard, on. Hard no <laughs> on, on Beast of the Week for that. You ran to go. Okay. Hard yes on great effort. Yes. I want him as a teammate. He's running uh, 100 yards. To abso- get absolutely. Me in the absolutely. Are, are, are you kidding me? I mean, a defender running down the field on a pick six opportunity and, and being able to legally block and hit the quarterback and then hit another wide receiver <laughs> and get in the frame and have lots of joy and fun. This is like my 10 year old son Davis running to the ice cream truck. I mean, come on. I mean, you don't get beast of the week for that. Yeah, he doesn't need the extra credit. I mean, he's going to be good with that. <laughs> I mean, defenders love that stuff. That's not beast of the week material. I'll give you my beast of the week. My beast of the week is Justin Herbert. Here's why. Not because he played through a fractured finger. Not because he said it's a, just a flesh wound. Did you see that early hit from Jerry Tillery, former teammate, that yes. was penalized and then actually ejected? Jacob, we'll cut in the film here. Mm-hmm. Look at this hit that he takes on the sideline here. It is a big-time hit. Teammates come to his defense, but he just pops up, walks it off, stays in the game. I don't think this hit is much different than the hit that, quote, made or gave Tom Brady a chance. This hit looks like the Drew Bledsoe hit along the right sideline. The same one that injured his lung and led to Tom Brady's emergence. And I'm not calling Drew Bledsoe soft. He was injured, but like, I say Justin Herbert is beast of the week, not only because of the finger, but look at this hit. It's is there really a lot difference between the two hits? And yet he just got up and shrugged it off, and he's done that before. So giving Justin Herbert the beast of the week for for doing that for doing that. I'm sure it rocked him, but he just popped up and continued playing and they and they won the game. Be even more beast if he opts for that surgery and uh, gets back on the field. Better better in week six. 
Yeah, I look at it. I don't even think that's that's just <laughs> what, what these football players do. Yeah. Before we sign off, I do want to touch a little bit on your concussion project. We saw an interesting quote from our friend Adam Schefter this weekend, and we follow concussion stuff, and you've done numbers from the past. There was an interesting tweet that said, no player has returned from concussion the next week this season. And I know you did some research, Jacob, and and with the other staff. So tell me what, tell us what you found. Yeah, it's all just a publicly reported info. So we don't know officially if they're 100% diagnosed with concussion or just progressed through the protocol, being cautious. But Quay Walker had a week one concussion, made it back week two. Eric Murphy, uh, Eric Murray, safety for the Texans, had a week two concussion, made it back week three. So they're the, only two of 15 but those two did make it back without missing a game. So through four weeks, the quarter pull of the season, you can't divide up 17 anymore. So we're just sticking with the four. Very early, there have been, you told me, 19 concussions. Right, counting this week. Counting this week. So there's four of the 19. We don't know what's going to happen yet. So it's of the 15 from the first three weeks. Two of the 15 returned the next week. Correct, without missing time. 11 of the 15 returned after, no, what did you tell yeah, me? Yeah, 11 of the 15 returned after missing just one week. And then Ryan Missing Ke- one week. After return. missing one week, correct. Uh-huh. And then Ryan Kelly's the only one that's missed two games from it. Oh, so what, it's actually 12. 12 correct. of the 15. 12, 12, 12, yes. 12 of the 15 returned missing one game, right. so the second week. Two returned the following week, didn't miss any time, returned at one week, and one took two weeks, and there's four that are pending. Great. We don't know. So it's not zero, but this is different than the stats that you guys have kept in the past when it has been about 50% of players return the next week. So is this to effect, or has the NFL changed the protocol? I'm not aware of any... F- protocol change in the nfl but just like referees sometimes are told we're not changing the rules but here's our new emphasis maybe some of this is going on and it's not a bad thing like you don't have to change the rules but you can have an emphasis on something you don't need to change the concussion protocol and everything out there is the concussion protocol hasn't changed but after the controversy last season with two and everything else and the one independent neuro and what have you, maybe there's a new emphasis because out of the 15, in theory, it should have been seven or eight that returned the next week, and it was two. It's not a bad thing. Uh, Schefter's right. There's been no high-profile fantasy-related player that has returned from concussion the next week, but there were two uh, out of 15, so it's not zero. The numbers are very early. But we do see an early trend that potentially return from concussion is changing a little bit this season from last season. So you'll have that article up and people can read all the details for themselves at SICscore.com. And subscribe here at YouTube if you like or uh, in-game the Twitter stuff, SICscore, at SICscore, or at ProFootballDoc. You guys got anything to add? I just want to point out that those numbers don't include uh, like Gus Edwards, he didn't return to the game while was, he was undergoing a concussion evaluation, didn't return to the game, but FP'd Wednesday. So that signals to us that he wasn't officially diagnosed with a concussion. 
And same with uh, Devontae Adams at the end of the game. Right. So right. of those 19, we're not counting the Gus Edwards, we're not counting the Devontae Adams because they were in the protocol but not officially with a concussion. Right. Our assumption is they didn't have a concussion, so it wasn't a matter of the return. That's a good clarification point. All right, thanks for watching. Uh, maybe we'll sign off before we make everyone sing happy birthday to Taylor, <laughs> and uh, we'll see you yeah. next week. Thanks for watching and listening.